Porn Free Radio, episode 146. Just curious, have you ever had to work from home? Maybe you have it in your schedule that it's flexible, that you can do some work from home. Maybe it's a holiday, a snow day. Maybe you're home sick from work. Is that a threat? Is, it a th- is that a challenge for you? Well, today we're talking about working at home without relapsing. We're going to talk about it today and next week. And so I need your help, uh, and we'll get into that uh, today. Let's start the show. Check this out. Too black. Well, welcome into Porn Free Radio. This song really takes me back. This has got to be like 87, 88. Uh, Todd Terry produced it. Um, I think it was a 12-inch called, well, it's called Can You Party? But but uh, I don't know, Todd Terry, Royal House, I'm not sure who it was. But uh, uh, gosh, I grew up in Chicago. And in Chicago, believe it or not, before Kanye West, before Chance the Rapper, before uh, Common, um, this was a house town. We only listened to house music. Um, I was kind of a rebel, actually, listening to some rap music. There was one uh, rap show um, that you could listen to um, called The All Rap Party uh, that was on WNUR, uh, which is the Northwestern College Station, and it came on like at noon on Saturdays. And I would like tape it. And uh, what's kind of funny is a, like a year or two after I was in high school, I took some classes at Northwestern and got on WNUR actually. And so um, it was kind of funny. So my first time ever being on the radio or recording was at 89.3 WNUR. And I just was known as Matt D. And uh, so I'd be like, this is Matt D. Uh, and I used to do a show on Friday night called Street Beat. And sometimes I got to sit in and do the all-rap party uh, on Saturdays. Um, but I'd, I'd be like, it's 89.3 WNUR. This is Matt D. And um, that was the first time I was ever. And I was like the worst DJ ever. Um, I, uh, I just really struggled with ums and uhs and I I just would get distracted and it was you know I uh, we would have records back then and I would routinely every once in a while pick up uh, the needle of the record that was actually playing live on the air so anyway it was kind of painful it was painful um, but it was kind of in the heyday of rap and so there's a lot of cool stuff that I got to play um, 
I remember I loved like Big Daddy Kane. I loved uh, um, it's right when NWA came out, and uh, there was some other stuff that was new back then. I remember I remember seeing the the remember Tone Loke. I remember the first time I saw the Tone Loke Wild Thing uh, logo or not logo twelve inch. Um, so you know some of the stuff was good from back then. Some of the stuff we've kind of forgotten about, but, uh, it was good at, and we played a lot of house music and cl- including, uh, Todd Terry. And, um, anyway, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, it's porn free radio. Um, welcome in. Uh, I have some Dunkin' Donuts coffee this morning and I am recording live to hard drive, which means I'm not going to do a lot of editing. This needs to get in your feed in the next hour or two. It is Wednesday uh, February 28th, uh, it's Wednesday, Anything Can Happen Day, and you know what that means, a new episode of Porn Free Radio. I'm committed to recording uh, and releasing new episodes of Porn Free Radio every Wednesday through the end of 2018, and uh, you know I've committed to this, and you guys have been committing uh, to Porn Free Radio by going to recoveredman.com slash contribute. That's recoveredman.com slash contribute. And that takes you to our Patreon site uh, where you can join our uh, PFR club or the PFR Patriots uh, level and um, get in on some of the cool exclusive content that I'm putting out over on Patreon. I did a, a, a coffee with the Dauber segment on Monday and it was all about why you still like to look at porn, why you still want to look at porn. You know, because I think um, this is a common thing that guys c- come up with. They uh, uh, they uh, they they want to quit, and they know all the costs and problems that they have with porn. But then they have a relapse, and they're asking themselves, "Why am I still going back to this? Like, what what is it about me that keeps coming back to this? And um, why do I keep going against?" myself, you know? And um, so I kind of talk about that in the coffee with the Dauber this week, and that's available to the uh, subscribers over there, the uh, uh, the patrons who are supporting Porn Free Radio. So I'm, I'm recording a video um, every week that's kind of more of a coaching video uh, over there on Patreon, and you can get to that at recoveredman.com slash contribute. And thanks to everyone who gave this week. I think there was like another 10 guys or something that gave this week. And um, it's awesome. It's awesome. And, and there's some comments and people are talking over there. So it's been a nice little um, uh, tool that we could use to connect with one another and to engage around this content. So if you want to engage a little more with the podcast, um, get involved with what we're doing over on Patreon at recoveredman.com slash contribute. All right, guys. So just curious, how many of you guys work at home. Now, there's there's probably a portion of guys who are listening right now, you might be um, running your own business, uh, you might be in sales. There's so many people who have uh, location-independent jobs now. Um, you know, lots of companies, there's big companies that don't even have buildings anymore. Um, so there's programmers, there's sales guys, uh, there's people who are knowledge workers who are working out of their homes. Uh, and then, and that's that's full time. And then there's a whole bunch of guys out there. I'm sure you might be one of these guys who, um, on occasion, has to work from home or can work from home. You have the flexibility um, to work from home. 
And, um, and you, um, so maybe you define your schedule, maybe you're home more at, at, at day, you know, times of the day that other people aren't at home. Um, um, or, you know, maybe there's the occasional day uh, where you schedule to work at home. And then there's another group of guys out there. There's another group of guys who um, you might not have the flexibility to work at home. Uh, but you might find yourself at home uh, by being sick or, you know, in the, in, uh, the Midwest, we're, we're going through winter right now, and there was a couple snow days, a couple cold days this, this uh, year. And so, um, you know, I even heard as far as, uh, you know, Texas and North Carolina guys having work called off because of weather, uh, whether it was um, temperature or whether it was uh, snow-related uh, businesses were actually closing and guys found themselves at home. And we've all had a sick day uh, where we find ourselves at home. So pretty much anyone who listens would uh, find it helpful um, to talk about this topic of how do we work at home? How do we stay at home uh, when everyone else might be at a job or at, at you know, on site somewhere? How do we work at home without relapsing? How do we stay safe? And uh, this is a big topic. It keeps coming up. And I, I think it's only going to come up more and more as the traditional office model of working is kind of not happening as much. You know, a lot of people are working at home. And, um, and so this is really a definition of a threat. And we talk about this a lot on Porn Free Radio. A threat is a situation that needs tools. Uh, you cannot just stay at home if you struggle with pornography um, and just freestyle it. You can't just wake up and go, hey, today I want to do some good habits and I want to be productive and I want to get work done. If, if that's all you kind of bring to it, is that if that's the only planning that you have, you're going to be in trouble um, because it's a big threat. There's a lot of unaccountable time. Uh, there's, uh, if we're alone, there's a sense of, hey, I'm, at lo I'm alone. <laughs> no one knows what I'm doing. Um, there's a little bit. I mean, that was the big rap against working at home. Um, you know, when you talk to people, executives, you know, about 10 years ago, that was the big um concern about working from home. Well, we don't, we don't know what our employees are going to be doing. You know, we don't know if they're going to be actually working. You know, how do we measure that? How do we make sure, you know, kind of that, you know, the, and guy, guy, there's some younger guys who are listening, but I'm a little older than you probably. And in corporate America, there was this real paternal um, quality of executives in the 80s and 90s, probably even it goes back even farther. But there was this paternal uh, thing, you know, where it's kind of like the executives were the responsible adults and the employees were all children. And that's kind of the way we were talked to and thought of. And so the idea of a permissive kind of freedom, like to work from home or to have a flexible work schedule, that didn't really fly in old corporate America. And I'm sure there's still some companies out there that it's like that. You got to have your butt in a seat. Otherwise, they don't trust you. Well, that's changed, obviously. More and more people are working from home. There's more accountability, too. I mean, we have email. We have mobile phones. Uh, 
we're on Slack, we're on different tools to connect us. So it's like, you can't quite hide at home. But even though that's all true, that we've shifted and changed, there's still a little part of us when we're home, it's kind of like, hey, I can do what I want, right? What happens at my home stays in my home, that kind of thing. And so we do things that we wouldn't normally do in the workplace. Like just, like, here's an example. You know, we're just wearing sweats or we're wearing boxers at our computer. We would never do that in the workplace, obviously. We don't have to shave um, unless we're on Zoom or on a conference call. Uh, you know, we um, can be more flexible with, uh, you know, we can walk our kids to the bus stop or we can... Um, run out for coffee. You know, there's all these different things that we can do at home that we can't do at the workplace. And so that kind of uh, openness um, in some ways uh, affects our ability to stay safe at home because we have all this freedom in a sense. Um, for those of us who struggle with porn, um, that can actually be a big threat. And again, a threat is a situation that needs tools. So, this is all true. So, what are we going to talk about in the next two episodes? What we're going to talk about is, today we're just talking about the problem. We're talking about the threat. And I want to give you some ideas about uh, reframing this, not as a threat, but as an opportunity. And um, so, we're going to do that today. And then next week, I need your help. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what are some of the challenges working from home. And I want to hear from you guys who have been successful using some tools at home. And I already have a list of tools that I've used um, that uh, people in rev groups have used to work at home. But I want to hear from you. I want to hear, are there any other tools? And are there any other threats that I haven't identified uh, in this scenario. Um, so here's the first action of today's show. Go in your email and type matt at recoveredman.com. That's matt at recoveredman.com. And just say, and the first thing you can say is, hey, um, I have to work at home. I just want to hear from you that you actually have this challenge. Because I, you know, I don't want to make a ton of podcast episodes if it doesn't affect anybody. But I, my idea, my thought is that it's affecting you, that this is a threat. So, first thing I want to hear is just that there's guys out there that this is an issue for that working at home and struggling is an issue. So whether it's your you you actually work at home full time, uh, whether you have a flexible work schedule and you're home at odd times and it's still a trigger, it's a it's a threat. Um, or whether, you know, maybe on the occasion you, you have to be home from work and you're, you have to fill up that day. Um, I want to hear from you. So that's the first thing. I want to hear if this is just even an issue. Second, I want to hear what are some of the challenges that you're having, um, if there's any, if there's any particular situations or, or traps that you keep getting stuck in. Uh, and then the third is any tools that you guys are using. If anybody out there is winning at working at home um, and you've learned some things that worked for you, share them with me and we'll go through that list next week in episode 147 
which will be on, I think, March 7th. So it'll be released on March 7th. So we're going to go through that list, and I, it's already a big list, and we're going to break down each one of those tools next week. All right, so what do I want to talk about today is the problem. Um, so I've already kind of broken down this idea that uh, when, we're, when we work at home, there's this, there's this sense in us, that rebellious sense of us, um, that feels like we're not seeing, no one's really watching us. And that can be a big threat for guys who struggle with porn. One of the number one things when I ask guys um, what their biggest threat is, what their biggest, you know, sometimes guys use the word trigger, what your biggest trigger is, they inevitably, the number one thing that guys say is being alone. Now, when I first started hearing guys say this, I thought, they were like me. Now I grew up and I actually had a fear of being alone. I didn't feel comfortable being alone. I would actually get kind of anxious when I was alone. Um, even when I was an adult and would come home from work and wouldn't have plans and um, I lived alone, I would, I'd walk into my apartment and I would immediately feel a sense of dread because I didn't have anyone to connect with. I wasn't, I didn't have plans. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my night. Um, and, you know, and that, and that would lead me to act out with porn. It would lead me to just binge on TV. Um, I mean, there was things I used to do uh, growing up. I would always listen to the radio. You know, I, um, you know, I talked about being a WNUR. Well, I used to, my, the, the radio I first loved in Chicago wasn't rap or house music. It was the news radio station. Um, WBBM. Everyone remember that? It's like uh, news radio. Uh, I listened to that for years. Uh, every morning, I'd even listen to it before I went to bed at night. Um, so I was always trying to uh, break that feeling of aloneness using media, you know, using radio, using sound. Uh, using TV, uh, and of course, once I found porn, using porn to escape that feeling. So I assumed, well, that's what everyone meant. But I asked questions because when you're when you're in coaching, you want to ask questions. You you don't you want to to help um, the person you're coaching to discover for themselves what the truth is. What and and so it's important to ask questions. So I would say, well, tell me what that. Why is it a trigger? Why is it a threat to be alone? And a lot of the guys were introverts, so they actually are naturally wired uh, to be alone or comfortable being alone. Um, so I'm like, okay, so you're not afraid to be alone. What's going on? Well, to them, and maybe this is you, you know, maybe you've, uh, maybe this sounds like you. It's not that alone brought up anxiety. It's not that it brought up dread. It's that it brought up this feeling of excitement, opportunity, that because um, you've gotten in the habit of when you're alone, you act out, all of a sudden, um, the moment that your wife leaves for work, the moment that that door closes, all of a sudden, you're feeling um, sexually stimulated. You're feeling uh, excited, aroused. Uh, it's it's because there's been this connection with when I'm alone equals when I act out. 
you know, and and because you haven't used tools, because you don't have a plan, um, that habit got really cemented. That connection between alone time and fun time, alone time and porn time, uh, became intermixed. So here is the challenge. When you have a snow day at work, uh, or when you have a work-at-home day scheduled, or when you get sick, if you have that pattern established, when I'm alone, I act out, all of a sudden, no matter what you have to do for work, no matter what accountability you have with your job, it becomes a big threat. Porn becomes a threat because you have this habit of, of when you're alone, you act out. So that's probably the biggest threat to working at home. And again, that's the old, um, that's the old uh, paternal corporate America used to think that, that, that if people were left to themselves, um, they would slack off, they would do other things, they would uh, act out. And, and, you know, there's probably some truth to that. You know, um, I remember when I was a manager, you know, I had some employees and when they worked at home, I saw high productivity. It was really clear that they were just churning out work um, all hours of the day, you know, and that I was even getting more work. I was getting emails before I got in because they were already on their computers and they'd send emails after dinner, that type of thing. So, you know, there was this workflow all day long from them. And then there was other workers who it was like crickets. Uh, they'd disappear for two hours. I would be on Slack or, or IM, uh, you know, um, instant messaging, and I'd be messaging them, and I wouldn't be hearing from them. Um, so, so for us, though, it's about um, we need to start to shift um, and obviously, we cannot give in to any mistaken beliefs related to alone time. Um, that we need to embrace tools to deal with this threat. Um, now, one of the quotes that I say a lot, and I actually, this is a, a legit quote that I got from this person. This wasn't one of these things that I saw uh, on Pinterest. Um I heard Tony Robbins being interviewed by Tim Ferriss on the Tim Ferriss show, the uh, podcast. And he was promoting a money book that he came out with a few years ago, which I tried to read and it was hard to read. It was big. And, and then he actually came out with a smaller version of the book, which I haven't read. Um, but in it, he was talking about uh, investors, you know, and he said this quote, he said, winners anticipate losers react. And he just talked about this pattern of the investors that succeed in the long term are ones that anticipate challenges, the ones that anticipate um, not so much where the market's going, but anticipating what could happen and planning for it. Um, and losers are the ones who just react. The market changes and they, they just... Um, uh, they just overreact, you know? Um, so we see this every once in a while, you know, uh, news comes out about a company that's a good company, um, but there's some bad news and immediately their stock plummets, you know, immediately their stock takes a crash because 
of the bad news. That's reaction. Now, when there's a good company with a lot of value under it, and there's a, a little misstep, um, did all the value of the company change? Did the, did the assets, did the profit change? Usually not. But the perception changed, and there was a whole bunch of people who reacted. So the people who are going to make money in that situation are going to be the people who go, you know what? This is an investment opportunity. This is a, a well-valued company, but a whole bunch of people are reacting right now, so this is a time to buy. Same way, you know, when things are too good, when a company gets overblown, and this happened with Bitcoin recently, you know, I mean, and I, I'm not a crypto guy, so I, I don't know a lot about it, but, um, but the market looked uh, like everyone was buying Bitcoin because everyone thought Bitcoin was great. Uh, and then <laughs> lo and behold, the market fell out for a while. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure Bitcoin long-term, there's going to be winners and losers with cryptocurrency. But the point is, is if you're just reacting um, to whatever the market's doing and either buying when everyone's buying or selling when everyone's uh, in fear... Uh, you're going to lose long term. That's totally been proven. Um, winners anticipate, losers react. So why do I share that? Well, if you wake up on the day that you're working from home and just try to freestyle it, just try to, you know, hey, I, I wake up, you know, you wake up, you're going to work from home and you go, you know, I really just want to be porn free and get my work done today. If if it's just that intention, that wish, but you're just going to let the day happen and react to whatever it is, you know, you're, you're not going to, you're not going to make it. Um, and so we're going to talk a lot about, uh, next week, what it looks like to anticipate and you know, what do you do the night before, you know, if you want to be successful, uh, working at home, what do you need to do? What do you need to do first thing in the morning? Uh, what are some tools that you can use uh, throughout the day? Um, that's what we're going to break down. So winners anticipate, losers react. So what's the thing I want to reframe for you today about working at home? Here's what I want to, here's the, the hope. This is why I want you guys to engage with me this week and, and reach out at Matt at recoveredman.com is I want this to be a little more of us working together uh, to come up with a tool to deal with these threats rather than just me teaching or me just lecturing. I want this to be collaborative. And why is that? Because I want you to get uh, the vision um, for creating um, tools for the threats in your life. That's really a lot of what this podcast is about. It's anticipating threats and figuring out the tools that you need rather than just reacting to life. Because what happens when we react? We do the same things we always do. I mean, that, that whole pattern of acting out just because we're alone is a reaction. I'm alone. What's the reaction? I look at porn. Right? That's just reaction. That's not, hey, my wife's going to be out tonight. What am I going to do? Let me anticipate that. Let me think of a tool. Let me think of what's going to happen tonight. Um, you know, let, let me think about what's, what, 
you know, how much time it is, what I need to do to stay accountable. Um, what are tools, activities I could go for? What are, what are ways I could change my environment, right? That's, that's anticipating. So, but that's not what I want to reframe. That's, that's one part of it. Here's, here's what I really want to get to. And it's the idea of this. Home should be the safest environment in your life. Now, I did a whole podcast about uh, the porn safe home. And of course, I had it up. I had it up on my computer so I could tell you what, what episode it was. Uh, and let me see if I can find it here. Uh, give me a second. Live to hard drive right here. Um, yeah. Okay. Where was it? The porn safe home. Why can't I find it? Live, live on the podcast. Okay. Uh, episode 124, how to porn proof your home. Now that title sounds kind of, it doesn't sound very, it sounds pretty practical, pretty lunch bucket, nuts and bolts. Um, but, but I, I kind of talk about this idea of, you know, your home should be the safest environment in your life. Why? Um, because you have the most control over it. Now, come to think of it, I did have another episode where I talk about this and it's called, um, boy, I wish I would have uh, named these a little better and I'd, I'd remember them easier. What's the other one that I had? Uh, How to Porn Proof Your Home was one. And episode 114, and this wasn't named great, but it was called Smartphones, Smart TVs, and Whatever Comes Next. And in that, I talk about the fact that you are the CIO of you, um, so of your life. And it's, I talk about looking at the internet, looking at the things in your life, the tools and, and um, um, access that you have, like a CIO would look um, at the network that he has in his company or she has. And the idea was this, that um, because we have this challenge with pornography, it's not up to our wives, it's not up to the partners, our roommates, our parents to figure out um, what we need for a safe environment. We need to take responsibility um, for getting a safe environment in place. When you come home from work, when you come home from, say, traveling, um, you know, maybe you have a job that travels. When you come home, your environment at home should be a refuge. It should be a very safe place. You should never feel like home is the biggest, most threatening place for you to be. Why? Because you're anticipating um, all of the challenges that you've had. You've identified the weak links in your life, those things in our environment that make it easy to go to porn, and you've systematically eliminated them. That's one of the things we talk about in coaching a lot is what are some of the weak links and what tools do you need to do to get rid of those weak links? And we're not just talking about getting a filter. You know, a lot of times get, guys get a filter for one computer, but then there's all these open devices in their house. 
And there's all these potential ways they can still act out. What, what it really means is embracing creating a safe environment. So, for example, if Netflix is something that you have not historically been safe with, then you have one of two things. You either have to password protect it, uh, password uh, block it, or you have to get rid of it. And I know what you're saying, Matt, I, I, I use it for entertainment, I do this, I do that. I'm not telling you to get rid of it, but what I'm telling you to do is anticipate the threats. What are the threats in your home right now? And systematically eliminate them. Because the way it should work is you should come home to your house and all the main kind of primary ways that you would act out are, are not a possibility. And if you do it right, if your home is safe, you will come home and your mind, the obsessive part of you that wants to act out, the part of you that comes alive when you're alone and thinks that you can have a, a porn party, is going to be dulled, is going to be quieted. That voice that draws you to porn, it's not going to be there. Why? Because your mind's going to think about it. It's going to think about it for just a second, and then it's going to go, oh, yeah, Netflix is... Uh, Password protected. Uh, oh yeah, um, uh, my my DNS is filtered. You know my my uh, my Wi-Fi is filtered. Oh yeah, like uh, um, my kids' iPads have passwords on them. It's it you're what's you're going to get the message that that you're in a safe place. So, I mean, one, one thing that, that's not about next week with tools is if you want to work from home, if you have to work from home, you owe it to yourself to create a safe environment for your home. Like you need it. It's an essential. Um, otherwise, it's going to actually be, instead of freedom, instead of, um, uh, you know, one of the, the, the benefits of working from home is flexibility, freedom, um, comfort, it kind of makes it easier. You don't have to commute. But here's what's going to happen. If you don't deal with this porn issue, if you don't deal with this threat, it's actually going to be a nightmare. Working from home is actually going to be uh, a point of anxiety in your life um, because you're not going to get the work done. You're not going to feel safe. You're going to feel crappy after you act out. Um, and it's not going to have a good ending. And so actually working from home, the freedom of working home from home will actually uh, destroy you. <laughs> um, and um, I mean, I remember this. There was a point where I didn't know what tools to use to make working at home safe. Uh, so I preferred to go to work. Now, this wasn't just related to porn. This is about procrastination and getting stuff done. I realized when I was in an accountable environment, when people were sort of seeing that I was there and I was going to meetings and... I was sitting at my desk, I would get work done. Um, so it wasn't just about porn, but I, I also didn't have a lot of good tools back then. And so going to work actually was a safer choice for me. So, uh, that, so that's kind of that, that part of it. But here's, here's one more thing I want to say about this idea is reframing it. So instead of 
thinking about all this and getting overwhelmed and, and feeling like, oh, this is such a big threat. I don't want to deal with it. You have a great opportunity here. Uh, if you do work from home, even if you have a sick day, even if you're home from home, work from home every once in a while, you have an incredible opportunity um, to integrate recovery into your lifestyle. The one thing that that um, working from home provides you is a way to actually um, do more recovery work um, as a part of what you're doing. And that's some of the stuff we'll get into next week. But, but here's the idea. I'll give you an example. I used to struggle a lot traveling for work. And I'm sure you guys know what this is like, you know? I had all the mistaken beliefs when I got into the hotel room, that I was alone, that uh, anything that happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, you know, all those types of ways of thinking, um, you know. And I would just, there was tons of threats when I traveled. Uh, I'd stay up late. I would watch, uh, you know, the 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 explicit channels on, on my cable on, in the TV, in the, in the hotel room. Um, I would look at porn. Um, I would, um, eat like crap. I mean, I did all these things. I would drink too much uh, at, at work parties. It was just like, I was out of control when I traveled because of all these mistaken beliefs, because I was out of routine, the out of the routine of my normal, um, life. And, um, and so one of the things I started doing is I started anticipating this being a threat. You know, I started using tools to deal with this threat. You know, for example, I would always lock my phone in the bathroom or shut the, I'd leave my laptop in the, the trunk of my car. I would check in with a friend from home. I kind of went through these different uh, things where I would put some structure on my traveling I would create some boundaries. I would also um, create some accountability for myself when I traveled. And there would also be some good habits that I'd create. I remember uh, on one trip, I was doing a lot of yoga. Um, so one of my commitments was I did yoga every morning. And I did. And it was cool because I was working at a trade show. And if you've ever worked at a trade show, your body gets really sore from standing on the trade show floor um, all day long. Um, so the yoga actually really helped. Um, you know, there were, there's been times where when I traveled, I, I ran or um, there was one uh, time I was in Boulder and I wrote a article, uh, like a blog article um, over a couple of days. It was kind of a long uh, article uh, where I was telling a story and I, um, I wrote all the revisions of that um, over four days at a coffee shop every morning. Uh, and this is before I was going to my corporate job. Like I, I just would get up and go to the coffee shop, uh, work on this personal writing, work on this recovery literature that I was writing, and then I would go to my corporate job. Um, and uh, so I would get into routines. I would use um, tools to deal with the threat of traveling. And what I found was my trips completely changed. Instead of thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to be in a hotel, think of all the temptation, all of a sudden I started thinking of, wow, I'm going to be in a hotel, 
I'm going to go with a plan. I'm going to have boundaries. I'm going to have accountability. I'm going to use tools and look at all this cool stuff that I get to do. Um, look at all this awesome stuff that I get to do while I travel. First of all, my wife and kids aren't here. Um, it's not a porn party. That's not a porn party thing, but think of how much, uh, how I can, um, go to coffee or I don't have to worry about them or I don't have to get them ready for school today. Um, I can just do a morning routine this morning. Um, I can focus on self-care. Um, that's a funny example, but it's true. I mean, there's all these things that all of a sudden I didn't have to be responsible for, uh, when I was traveling. Um, and which gave me a lot more freedom to do recovery work or to just even connect with myself, get self-care. Um, I remember, uh, one time I was traveling, uh, I found I could get a bike, uh, at the hotel that I worked at and, and ride around town with a bike. So I would ride around with the bike. I was actually getting exercise and kind of get the, you know, and I think I was trying, it was still, still winter in Chicago. Um, I, I did this in Austin. I, I got a bike in Austin. And uh, so here I am riding around in shorts and a t-shirt in Austin and it's winter back in Chicago. Um, so just like, I mean, the freedom that traveling actually gave me, um, that can be applied to your home environment. Working from home can actually be a day that you can do a morning routine. Instead of your commute, you can do a good morning routine and really set yourself up for success that day. Um, you can not feel so rushed. Um, there's all these benefits that you get from working from home if you do it right. Um, if you have the boundaries, if you have the tools in place, um, that are just going to make you feel better. So action for this week, guys, is go to your email, send me an email at matt at recoverman.com. Let me know, A, just number one, do you work at home at all? I just want to get a baseline out there. Are guys having this challenge? Two, what are some of the challenges that you're actually facing? What are some of the threats? Why? Why is it a challenge for you? And the third one is, if you found some tools that work for you, what works? What kind of routines? What kind of actual maybe maybe there's technological tools that you use? What tools have worked for you? Um, and next week we're going to unpack those tools in episode 147. So guys, this week whether you're working at home or not, uh, take hope and take action, and we'll see you next week. All right, guys, be good. <laughs>